And if you're a believer here today in the Lord Jesus, you've gone to the cross and you have accepted Christ as your Savior, there has been this transfer of sin to Christ and His righteousness to your account so that you're no longer under the curse as a Christian, as a believer. You possess the very righteousness of God through Him. And so, it sets us free. If I may draw a very crude illustration of going to the doctor with a disease, maybe even cancer, and the doctor comes up with a plan for your treatment, he says, I'll tell you what we'll do. You give me your cancer, and I'll give you my health. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher. We return to the subject of the wisdom of God. If the gospel is the plan of God, we would uh, right away expect that it would be a wise plan. The all-wise God who made the heavens and the earth and all the creation that is around us, the God who has made the human body, the human frame, and the human mind with a brain that can process faster and more complex than any computer. This is the God who hath planned the cross. God found a way to satisfy the law, to satisfy his own justice, to relieve men from their guilt and their shame, and bring sinners into glory. That is the wisdom of the power and plan of the cross. And today, from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to be looking at the wisdom of God. This is part two. Yesterday was part one of this message, and I hope that you have been encouraged and strengthened. If we can be of any personal help, of course, we'll be delighted to hear from you. We'll be giving all the details at the end of the program, how you can be in touch with us here by phone, by our website, by email, and I hope that we will hear from you. This is Ian Gallagher welcoming you to Let the Bible Speak from the pulpit of our Free Presbyterian Church. If you turn over to 2 Corinthians 5.21, you have a, a very clear gospel text on this, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he, God the Father, he hath made him, God the Son, to be sin for us. There is God's appointment, and there is substitution. Sin for us in our place, in our stead. And that cross was the instrument of dealing with the curse that sin has brought upon us. And God made His own Son to be our substitute, our representative, and He made Him who knew no sin. Our Lord Jesus had no sin of His own, but God made Him sin, and He made Him a curse. And you'll notice the outcome of this. Look at that verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. There's the gospel. There's the answer. Who could have thought of such a plan? We know that the angels, they look into redemption, and they consider this whole matter of the second person of the Trinity, leaving heaven's glory, coming down to this cursed world, going to the cross, and they wonder at it all. It's amazing love. 
how can it be? And the angels, they worship and wonder. And for us, it sets us free from the curse of sin. That's the wonder of it for us. It doesn't set angels free, but it sets us free. And if you're a believer here today in the Lord Jesus, you've gone to the cross and you have accepted Christ as your Savior, there has been this transfer of sin to Christ and His righteousness to your account so that you're no longer under the curse as a Christian, as a believer. You possess the very righteousness of God through Him. And so it sets us free. If I may draw a very crude illustration of going to the doctor with a disease, maybe even cancer, and the doctor comes up with a plan for your treatment, he says, I'll tell you what we'll do. You give me your cancer, and I'll give you my health. That's what it's like. And you go there, and, and you never imagine how the treatment's going to be. And he says, We'll swap places. I'll become a substitute. I'll take your disease, and you take my health. And in a higher, more holy, more spiritual, more amazing manner, the Lord Jesus came into this world, and he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. I'll take your sins. I'll become a curse for you. And I'll give to you the peace that the gospel brings to all who trust in him. That's the, that's the amazing plan. That's the wisdom of the cross. And as a believer in the Lord Jesus, that's the blessing that flows to you today. He gives you his righteousness, and he takes your sin. Is there someone here today and you're not saved? You have no interest in the Lord Jesus and maybe you're trying to make heaven just by your own way, and you say, I'll do it my way. Let me tell you, if you don't come to the foot of the cross and accept the wisdom of God, the Bible says you're, you're acting in foolishness. He, he makes the wisdom of this world and the wise of this world and the philosopher of this world to be fools because God has planned the cross, and therein is his wisdom. Another aspect to the wisdom of the cross is that it satisfies the holiness of God. This is a great problem that sinners face. How can I ever render to God sufficient payment to satisfy His holiness? Now, many attempt this. They try to pay sometimes with money, with works. Sometimes in the history of religion, People have sacrificed their children to the, to the gods. Monks have shut themselves into monasteries and cloistered themselves away that they might do penance for the rest of their earthly lives, all as an attempt to buy their way back and appease the holiness of God. Some religions, and I've seen this in uh, Malaysia and Singapore, they offer to their gods, the, the Buddhist gods, food offerings. And they come with fruit and various dishes, and they offer them to their gods as an appeasement 
to satisfy their uh, quest for payment. How foolish. Now, these are, these are smart people. Some of these people are educated. Some of them are, are, are the leaders of society. And yet they come in an, an act of devotion, and they offer their votive offerings to their gods. If only they understood the plan of the cross, wherein is the wisdom of God, where our Lord Jesus cried out on the cross, it is finished. No more payment. No more offerings required. It's complete. Because Christ put away sin once by his death on that tree. Do I need to convince you of that today? One offering, one sacrifice, on one day, in one place, in one period of time in history, our Lord Jesus purchased complete, perfect, finished salvation, his blood atonement. And remember what the Bible teaches, the life is in the blood. And when our Lord Jesus shed his blood and shed all of his blood and laid down his life, a sacrifice unto death, his life was the payment due because sin demands death. The wages of sin is death. But by his death, we live. By his complete sacrifice, we have nothing more to pay. And herein is the wisdom of Calvary. If God had not designed the cross, every one of us would be slaves to try and earn our way back to God. We couldn't do it. We would perish. And so the cross is indeed the wisdom of God. I wonder today, have you accepted the cross as wisdom in your life? Maybe you're growing up in a Christian church and you're saying, oh, I wish that my mom and dad were not Christians. I wish that I was not under this kind of preaching, teaching. I wish I was somewhere else doing something else. And you really are, are despising the cross. And in your heart, you're an enemy of the cross. And you're saying, I don't need this cross in my life. Paul says, that's foolishness. And you'll perish. Because God has designed the cross as the only way to satisfy infinite eternal wrath. And my friend, in hell, in the burning fires of eternal hell, you will reflect on the wisdom of the cross. Just think on that. Because on the cross, the Lord Jesus took our hell in an infinite act of suffering once. He took your hell. And if you reject that sacrifice of, of, of taking hell upon himself, you will end up in hell for all eternity when you reject the wisdom of the cross. Let me tell you, that's foolishness. That's the greatest foolishness. Now, there's people in this world, and they have never heard much about the cross. They've never certainly had an explanation of what God intended in the plan of the cross. But you've heard it. 
And if you willfully reject the plan of the cross, you will be a fool for all eternity. Lost, burning in hell, when you heard and you knew that the cross was God's way of reconciliation, and you end up dying in your sin, that's foolishness, absolute foolishness. Join with us here on Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, and I trust you will be blessed in your own heart and soul as we minister the Lord's Word. I have in my hand here a little book called A New Beginning that I'd like to offer free of charge to you. It is a 32-page booklet that will encourage you in the Christian life. It starts out with how God sees men, and it explains that men need to be saved born again, and brought into our right relationship through the Lord Jesus. The next section deals with God's way of salvation and how God sent his Son, how by faith, by repentance, we may receive the Lord Jesus as our personal Savior. And then it moves on to the assurance of salvation, how you can be absolutely certain that you are redeemed, saved, and sure of heaven. Then it moves on to our position as new creatures in Christ, indwelt by the Spirit, and united to Him. All of this is explained in a beautiful color layout that will uh, guide you in your Bible study. Then on Christian living, there is baptism, Bible reading, daily prayer, connection between Bible reading and prayer, witnessing for Christ, and church membership. These are all included in this little booklet, a new beginning. And I'd like to send that to you free of charge. We'll get you the address. You can actually read this online if you go to our website where there are articles of information on our website at www.cloverdealfpchurch.ca. 
And on that website, you will find archived sermons, information about our church, and of course, you can join us Sundays on our webcast, 10.30 and 6 p.m. by going to that website, cloverdealfpchurch.ca. Now, please do remember to pray for us in this ministry that the Lord may use his own word to reach Canadians with the gospel and bring sinners to faith in the Lord Jesus. So then we thank you for joining with us in the program today. Stay tuned as we continue with this second part of the program. But herein is the wisdom of the cross. Now another reason for the wisdom of the cross is that it is the object of our faith. Faith needs an object. To prevent works, God has ordained that men are saved by faith. Faith alone, without works. But faith needs a focal point whereby we place our convictions and our trust. And that focal point is Calvary, the cross, the sacrifice, the bleeding, atoning work of our Lord Jesus, so that it is faith in his blood, in his sacrifice. It is faith in his work and the power of our Lord Jesus to complete salvation just for us. And in a sense, we take that cross to our hearts. That's what believers do. We make that cross to be our boast. If you go right down here to verse uh, 31, 1 Corinthians 1, 31, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Here's our boast now. Here is our confidence. It's not in myself, it's not in my church, but it is in the work of the cross. It's the very thing that is the instrument that God designed. And I have come to understand that that's the way by which I am saved and reconciled to a holy God. And while wicked men scorn it, the believer clings to it. And while the enemy of the cross despises it, we see it as our only hope, the only way, and we accept it with whatever opposition comes from men. Now, that's the object of our faith in the cross. Now, today I put my faith in my car when I came to church this morning. And... I came out of the home, I stepped into the car, I turned the key, and it started up, and it transported me right here to the church. Of course, I had to keep my hands on the steering wheel and guide the thing, but that vehicle brought me right here. My faith this morning was, I will leave home, and in five minutes I'll be here. Now, when I was young, my dad always told me, you should leave enough time to walk. Now, that's not much faith in a vehicle, is it? Not much faith in the starting, transporting power of a vehicle if you have to leave enough time to walk. But my dad grew up in the days of the bicycle and the horse and cart, and cars were these things that you treated with with certain suspicion, lest they let you down. And older, in those days, vehicles were not all that dependable. But my car has started just about every time I needed it so far, so far. And I've learned to have certain faith that it will take me to my 
destination on time. Now, in a higher way, a far more holy way, with an absolute confidence, not in a man-made machine that will fail one day, but God designed the cross, and He sent His Son to suffer there, and He shed His blood and offered an atoning sacrifice. And my faith is in that cross to get me to heaven. That's my confidence. And you ask me, what do I believe in? I believe in the blood work, the atoning work of the Son of God as my way to heaven. I just don't believe in the name of Jesus. I don't just believe in the history of the Lord Jesus. I don't just believe that He is divine. He is the Son of God. That's, that's all true, but that doesn't save me. The object of my faith is Christ crucified. That's just, we preach Christ crucified. And if I want to get your soul saved, if I want to make sure that you are going to be in heaven, I must preach to you the death, the suffering, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. And if you're going to be sure of heaven, you must believe by faith, with absolute confidence, that that cross is God's way of saving your soul. I also proclaim the cross because it's the instrument of God's love to sinners. How could I ever convince a man or woman that God loves to save their souls. I could go right down the theology book and talk about the nature of God, that He has wisdom, justice, goodness, power, and truth. And I could talk about God's names and God's nature and God's attributes. But if I really want to tell someone that God loves to save their soul, I talk to them about Calvary. God not only is love in His nature, but God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And the starting point of expounding and explaining the love of God for sinners is the cross. It's the picture book. It's the story of God's amazing, infinite grace to the worst of sinners. And all who come are welcome. We can preach the word of the cross. Imagine if we could put a great big billboard along the highway or the freeway. What would we put on it? What wording would we put on it? I'd want to get out there that God so loved the world that He gave His Son. That's the message. That's the way to spread the good news. And God has designed the cross to convince men that He loves to save their souls. I wonder, are you convinced today? Or are you a skeptic? You wonder, how can we really know? 
Well, let me ask you this. Is it true? Is it true? Let's face up to it now, the reality of it. Is it true that God sent his son into this world and he died on a cross and God punished his own son? Is that true? Is that a fact? Well, then you can't run away from the truth that God loves to save sinners. You can't. If you do, you're a fool. You prove yourself to despise the cross, an enemy of the cross, and your soul will be lost. One final thought, God's wisdom in the cross, that when our Lord Jesus was nailed to that cross, there was an invitation to all men, east, west, north, and south. Whosoever will, let him come and take of salvation without price, without money. And there's a welcome to everyone that comes. Now, I'm a Calvinist. I believe in election and predestination, but I believe that God designed the cross to give the free offer of the gospel to all men who will ever look to Christ as their Savior. And when they look by faith, they're guaranteed eternal life. That's the wisdom of the cross. I thank God for it. I thank God, and indeed I did, last night and this morning again, thank God for the great privilege of preaching a gospel like this. It didn't come out of the halls of some church council. It didn't come out of the philosopher's mind. This is the wisdom of God, and it holds up, my friend. It holds up. And as we participate today in this table, we are taking this cup and the bread and saying, this is my hope and trust. I rejoice in the wisdom of God in the cross, and I worship my Lord and praise him. I praise him. May the Lord come and minister to us today as we participate in this revealing his grace and his love to us, and may we rejoice in it. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived 
by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music